thank you for this opportunity again. Um, this time I'll be talking in English uh, at the request of our uh, young people in particular. And today's topic will be our creed, what we believe in. Obviously, anybody can say as a Christian can hold up the Bible or the Gospel and say that's what we believe and that's understandable. But on the other hand, uh, in a concise manner, you have to you have to say what you believe in few words or sentences and so forth, so that uh, not everybody is ready to listen the whole Bible to get the truth about uh, what we believe in. Uh, and uh, in the Armenian is Habadank, uh, uh, in, in Latin is Credo, and English translation is We Believe. It seems that even, and, and we'll come to that later, uh, in the early period, um, even uh, a statement like Jesus is Lord, it's a confession, it's a, it's a belief. It's a very short, concise, but it is. And then there is the um, insignia of, uh, of the fish, Echtus or Echtis in Greek. People, when they used to meet with one another, they used to draw the picture of fish on the ground. And that means for a Christian that the, the person is drawing it is asking him if he's a Christian or not. So that was the parola in a way. Why but fish? Not because the apostles were fisher, fishermen, but because the the first letters of the uh, the, the letters of the the word fish in Greek, ichtus, Jesu, Christu, Thuyu, Huyu, Soter, which means Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. So. Again, it's a declaration of faith. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. And then we have the Apostles' Creed. Obviously, once we start uh, talking about the organized church, immediately after the Apostles and so forth, early first, second, early second century, already people start, whatever they say about Jesus is confession of their faith, of what they believe in. So gradually, in different parts of uh, Middle East, starting from Palestine, obviously, we have certain uh, words about what, how, and what people they believed in. One of the early traditions is called the Apostles' Creed, uh, very concise, to the point, um, which is used even today, at least in the Armenian Church, during the baptism, and I would like to read to you so that you can see how uh, concise and uh, to the point it is. We believe in the All-Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's the Holy Trinity. We believe in the Annunciation of the Gabriel, in the Nativity of Christ, in His Baptism, in His Passion, in His Crucifixion, in His Three-Day Entombment, in His Resurrection, in His Ascension, in his sitting at the right hand of the Father and his awesome and glorious second coming, we confess and believe. So, in a way, we, when we look at it in reality, though he is speaking, the author, uh, whoever composed it, is speaking about the Trinity, but in reality, he is speaking about the second person of the Trinity, of Jesus Christ. 
there's nothing about the uh, Holy Spirit uh, and uh, nothing about the God the Father, their function. It's basically mentioning that we believe in the Trinity and what the second person of the Trinity uh, has done in his historical uh, coming to the world and his uh, second coming as well. Um, but it seemed that as time went by, people needed um, uh, more because people uh, were discussing theologians and sometimes there were some people of different thoughts which gradually they, they used to be known as heretics. Heretic is somebody who's trying to explain, I mean, that's the whole thing, to explain uh, the, the Trinity or the uh, one person of the Trinity or interaction of the Trinity. And whenever in their attempt uh, to make uh, understandable, acceptable, sometimes they use uh, philosophical words, don't forget the Greek philosophy. Uh, so that becomes a reason for uh, true theologians to discuss the matter and then to come to the right conclusion. So in the beginning, if you would like to say like this, um, everybody almost was heretical in the literal uh, sense of the matter because people just express their thoughts without really uh, going into the matter from the philosophical or true theological point of view. They were simply making uh, a statement of faith. Uh, and in, in, so we have the first uh, creed in this sense, when all the fathers of the universal church came to get together in uh, Nicaea. This is not that far from Constantinople, Istanbul today. And uh, it was the king or the emperor, Constantine the Great, who convened the meeting so that all the bishops, whoever was a bishop, it didn't matter which part of the Roman Empire and even outside the Roman Empire he was, they made their efforts and they were there, more than 318 bishops, just think about it, 318 bishops bringing together so that they can come and the result of which became the Nicene Creed. So there you have more in the Nicene Creed in 325, um, a statement of faith. Uh, basically, it's about the Trinity, as we have seen in the in the uh, uh, Apostles' Creed, but as well as uh, there are certain uh, kind of uh, opening of brackets in a way. For example, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's the function of the Father? So here we go. We believe in one God. So one God, first it is important. We are speaking about Trinity, but underlying that the fact that we believe in one God, because most of those who are not Christians, other religions or pagans, they think or assume that we believe in three gods, which is not the case. Our, uh, we have inherited the oneness of God from the Jewish tradition, and the early apostles, they didn't think themselves different from the Jews, so they couldn't speak about three gods, obviously. They spoke about one God. And from the Old Testament, we know that there are many uh, statements that uh, you have to believe in the one God. 
I am your God, the only God, and you must worship only me. That was the understanding. Yes, I'm Kudera Aswadat, Yevisvesat Urush Aswad, Vidichi Bashres. And that was the understanding with the covenant of Abraham, which was renewed by Moses, and so forth, and then David, and so forth. So the oneness is very important. The father, again, the terminology is important. Father, it's not fatherly figure, which, you know, what, what would be immediately when we say father, because we think even our abstract uh, words, when we think, we think immediately of pictures of, of what we think of the fatherhood, what it means to us, you see. So immediately we think of our own father. But that's not the case. The only reason we use the term father, the word father for God, because Jesus used that word, that's why. Our father, the prayer in our father as well, for example. So that's why. So those who think that God is masculine, there is no masculinity or femininity in this sense. It's God universal, and that's the only reason that we have to express even sometimes in different languages, even without saying this or that, words themselves are feminine or masculine. Thank God we don't have that in Armenian. Uh, except sometimes when we have uh, Armenian names, for example, from the ending of the name, Uhi, for example, Dikran, Dikran Uhi, Ishkan, Ishkan Uhi, immediately you know that Uhi is the feminine of the equivalent. Or tak, takuhi, takavor, takuhi. Yeah. So the Father, Almighty, God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, that is, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. So he is the creator from the Old Testament. Again, we go back from the Genesis, we see that he is the creator of the whole universe. Everything what we see and we, even what we don't see. So that's, uh, that's the summation of, of what God the Father does. At least it explains. Whereas, as we've seen in the uh, baptismal creed, it was not there. And then it comes to more detail with the person of the second uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because uh, in the Christian faith, uh, Christ is God himself. In other religions, we have a messenger like Abraham or the prophets or Moses or in Islam, Muhammad and others where they have representative of God. Jesus himself is God himself incarnate. Something which is not acceptable by the other religions, by Jewish or... So that's the uniqueness of Christian faith. That's why in the creed itself, they. Uh, dwell a long way on, on the second person of the Trinity. And one Lord Jesus, again, one Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, again, is the title, is the term by which uh, divinity of, of, of God is recalled, reflected. Lord, Jesus Christ, again, Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is the name of our Lord. So the Messiah, again, it, it's there already. The Son of God. Now it's explaining, because the Son of God, the title in, in pagan tradition, 
uh, in the Roman and Greek traditions, you have so many gods, and they have the children. They are sons of God, Hercules and so forth and others. So uh, it has to be uh, clarified what we mean by son of God. Only begotten of God the Father. So he is begotten of God the Father, the only son. That is to say, of the substance of the Father. So whatever the Father is, the same is the Son. Not created, because in, in uh, I'm sorry, I, I went forward. That is today the substance of the Father, God of God, and explains again, light of light, very God of very God, born and not created. Because uh, to be created, then you are... Uh, um, uh, minor in a way, uh, you are not. You cannot be a god if you are created. And on this, in particular, issue was uh, Arius, who was the heretic from Alexandria at the time. We are talking three 320s. Uh, he was proclaiming that Jesus was God, but what was not the God. So he was on top of the almost of the pre uh, pyramid. He was above all other creation, but he was not God himself because he could not envisage how God can be, uh, be, be become man. Because what, what is perfect cannot be unperfect in that sense, in his understanding. So that's why for him to explain in the Greek philosophy uh, that uh, Jesus was uh, in this sense created uh, and not God himself. Being of the nature of the Father, by whom all things in heaven and earth came into existence. So this goes to, <coughs> pardon me, uh, uh, John, Gos uh, John Gospel, the first uh, uh, chapter, uh, from the beginning was the Word, because the Word for him is, is, uh, is Jesus Christ. So the Word was there from the beginning, even before creation. He was part of the creation with God the Father to create the universe, both visible and invisible. So he was there. Having came down from heaven, became incarnate and was made man. And this is that though he was eternal, but in the same time in the history of mankind, he came down and become one of us. And he explained that. And was perfectly born of the Holy Virgin Mary. So he was born, as most people are born, all people are born of women, and by the Holy Ghost. So that was the, uh, the, the Holy Ghost which uh, pregnated uh, the Virgin. Of whom he took body, so he took the body from the Virgin, soul and mind, and everything which is in man, truly and not in by conjecture. So what was Jesus, what became, was not just appearance, phantasm. Because sometimes there are other uh, teachings, for example, and again, heretical teaching, which think that when Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit came upon him, so he became adopted in a way by God. And just before dying under crucifixion, the Holy Spirit left him because God cannot be crucified. So, in a way, these people who are coming with this kind of ideas and thoughts to make Christianity acceptable. 
Christianity to be reasonable to humankind. But in all our efforts, that's my belief, when, when we try to explain, we have to try to explain, but we will not be explained totally because it is beyond us. God, because we are mortal beings, with our little mind, we are trying to understand the creator of the whole universe. It's, 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 we, the attempt is heroic, it must be done, but obviously it's impossible, at least even today after 2,000 years of time and effort still. That's why our church believes more in the mystery of the Trinity and mystery the way uh, the Son of God came down and lived as one of us and then was uh, uh, taken into heaven. And again, he goes there, he suffered, he was crucified and buried. So he went through all this, not appearance, but actually it happened. On the third day, he rose again and having ascended up into heaven with the same body, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So this is the part which starts to explain and underline the uniqueness of the Christian faith. That he did not die, though in other tradition, I mean Jewish tradition, we know of Enoch who didn't die. Uh, we know Elijah who was taken up by the carriage into heaven. But, uh, but not that he was buried and he rose again. So this is something totally different. The three days is a time when one for surely was dead. That's why we have the three, the three days. And when he says, he said, at, uh, down at the right hand of the Father, the right hand is the honoric uh, side, side of honor. That's why in the right hand, there is no right and left with God as well. So it's just expression of, of honoring uh, what, what, how he was honored. And then he is to come with the same body and with the glory of the Father. So again, the body is the mystical body is the resurrected body uh, uh, will come with the same, so people will recognize him as such. He coming with the same body and with the, uh, with the, with the glory of the Father to judge the quick and the dead. So this is the second coming. In a way, uh, the Jews have the second coming of Messiah, but not in this context, obviously. This is uh, very, uh, judgmental in a way, to judge the quick and the dead. So all those who've been uh, died uh, between his, his first coming and the second coming, and those who are alive, all will be judged. And whose kingdom there is no end. So God's kingdom, as God himself, is eternal. So this is the second person of the, of the Trinity. Uh, in the Nicene Creed, it says about the Holy Spirit, one, one sentence on it, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. That's it. So again, uh, people, because of the Third Ecumenical Council, there were some people who start uh, questioning the divinity, absolute divinity of the third person of, of uh, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So that's why uh, they, they wrote down uh, in detail. So that's why the creed in a way is called the creed of Nicaea and uh, Constantinople, 
so the two uh, cancel together, 325 and 381. We also believe in the Holy Ghost, the uncreated and the perfect, who spoke, so again, historically, he spoke to the law from the Old Testament, from the creation and the prophets, and in the Gospels, in the Gospel tradition, we see the Holy Ghost, well, uh, the Holy Ghost when Jesus was baptized uh, and so forth, and when the uh, Holy Ghost came upon the apostles, who descended at the river of Jordan, that's what he's referring, and preached through the apostles and dwelt among the saints. And this is the time of the Holy Spirit then, uh, till the second coming, it is his uh, kingdom in a unique manner. And then obviously there is the uh, specific uh, thing about the, uh, the church, what we, we believe. We believe also in the only universal apostolic church, universal, which is in uh, other traditions called Catholic and apostolic church, in one baptism, again, one baptism is important, uh, that baptism is one among Christians. In repentance, in the remission and forgiveness of sins, that's how we receive the Holy Communion, remission of sins. In the resurrection of the dead, that's the second coming. In the eternal judgment of souls and bodies and in the kingdom of heaven and in the life everlasting. So that's what we believe as a church. That's why, that's what every Christian being works towards the end, the aim is uh, to, to, toward the second coming and being in Christ. So this is the tree then the Trinitarian uh, understanding of the, uh, of the, of the uh, three persons of, uh, of, of, of our creation, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And obviously in the Armenian Church there is another creed as well, the creed of Krikor Dativasi, one of our uh, most famous um, fathers of the Middle, uh, Middle Ages in Datev, uh, and he wrote even more details about uh, the, the Trinitarian confession of faith, certain details, and this creed usually is read uh, by the priest uh, before, on the day, on Sunday, uh, the one who is going to celebrate communion. So he make his confession of this creed. And uh, there are, as I said, there are different creeds as well, coming from all the Middle East. Uh, there is one of great, great Thaumaturgus, uh, it is important, this person, because he lives close to us in Pontus, near Caesarea, and, and uh, he is a student of origin. Origin, just to show how important person he is, he is the founder, uh, or uh, yes, we can say the founder, of the Alexandrian, famous Alexandrian catechetical philosophical school in Alexandria, in Egypt. But he came, there was a time he came to Palestine and he taught there. So this young man, Gregory, went to study law in, in, in Beirut at the time. Somehow he ended up in uh, Caesarea, this is Caesarea, the city in Palestine, and he followed there uh, the, the teaching of, of uh, Origen and he learned from him 
six, seven years he was there. And when he returned to Pontus, near Caesarea, he became eventually the bishop of that region uh, between 260 to 70. And the reason is important is because he's one of the early fathers of the Armenian church, and his teaching is known into the Armenian church. And uh, St. Gregory went, went and brought Christians from Sebastia, this is the next door region to Neo Caesarea. So the teaching of this person and through him, the teaching of origin came to be known and later of the, uh, obviously the Cappadocian fathers known in the Armenian tradition as well. So in a way we there we see as well as explaining the Trinity that eternity, equality, immortality and perfection not only of the Father, but of the Son and of the Holy Spirit as well. Thank you. And if you have any questions, we can deal with that in a later time. Thank you and have a good day.